0: Some might say Christmas is the genesis for gift-giving. But I would say, because the Bible makes it clear, that Genesis is the genesis of gift-giving. That's because God is the gift-giver. And so God cuts through the inflation of human nonsense to give us free good gifts. So let's jump into Genesis one And take a look at God's good gift of introduction. Come on in. Welcome to the Biblical Channel. Always glad people are here. Why? Because I like talking about God. I hope you like talking about God. The Bible is the normal way that God speaks to us. It's the way that God speaks to us, through us, and around us. And we've got to bring this into our regular conversation. And I know, I know the more we bring God's words into our regular conversation, the more normal God is and the more crazy the rest of this world seems to be. We live in a pretty nonsensible world and the Bible helps straighten us out and so that's all we're here for, trying to get you the best information possible so that uh, well you can wring the chamois of life the best way possible too because that's what God wants for you. And God wants you to have good information, not nonsense. So Genesis chapter 1 is where we're going to be, and indeed it is a, a doozy of a chapter because it seems like it throws up endless conversations. Let's just dive right in. At the Biblical Channel, we love reading the Bible. Our verse is very short. Our verse is almost memorized by most of the known world in most languages, and it goes like this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the the earth boom that's all we're going to look at but it throws up so many thoughts for us whether you've thought them or not these are the thoughts that we're going to go through that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth throw at us to think about so Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 is where we're going to be before we go any further let's just pray the way the Lord Jesus taught us how to pray and that is Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And there is the rub. Deliver us from evil, Lord. Thank you for delivering us from evil. And indeed, help knock some sense into us. Okay, Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. Plain and simple. Plain and simple. It is an introduction, which makes sense because you've just opened the first book of the Bible. Anytime you open up a book, you expect an introduction. And indeed, it is an introduction. And it's a little bit more on the formal side than the personal side, but it is an introduction nonetheless, and it is from God. This is God's introduction. It's his formal introduction where he establishes is essential credentials. And the essential credentials that God unveils in his introduction is quite simple. Life as we know it has a beginning. Life as we know it, God created both the earth and the heavens. Well, that seems simple enough. God's introduction well is a gift, isn't it? I mean, any introduction is a gift, isn't it? I mean, When it comes to introductions, you have to think that the person who is making the introduction doesn't have to introduce themselves. So no matter what introduction we're talking about, it's a bit of a gift. And this is a gift. God's introduction is a gift. And maybe we should say, for those who have ears to hear, which is one of Jesus' most favorite phrases. So we're going to borrow that from Jesus, use that, and ask ourselves, do we have ears to hear that God's introduction truly is a gift? Well, what do I mean by that? Well, I think when we think about God's introduction as a gift, and his introduction is an introduction of his essential credentials, which is creator, He's the one who got everything started. He's the one who has put in place the known world that we are living in. Okay. Well, what are our essential credentials? Well, the fact of the matter is our essential credential first and foremost is that we have been created. Now it doesn't matter if a person is only willing to admit that they were created by their mother and father. The fact remains, we are created. And we have creative skills, but we're not the creator. We didn't create everything around here. Everything around here got created and we got created. And so that's part of our essential uh, introduction, maybe, uh, or our essential credentials that we should probably introduce to everybody. (laughs) And beyond that, as human beings, what else are our essential credentials? Well, we are Critters who can know things. And I think the essential question there is how do we know things? And when it comes to knowing stuff, I think there's really only four ways to really know stuff if you're a human being. And the four ways that we know stuff number one is intuition. You know, that gut feeling. You know, we get gut feelings a lot, and our gut feelings are part of our knowledge base. We use gut feelings. A lot, sometimes maybe a little too much, but nonetheless, it's an important part of our system of knowing stuff. And then beyond intuition, there is, well, rationalizations, rationalizing. We are rational critters. We have the capability of observing and thinking. That's what I teach my students. Clear observations and clear headed thinking. Um, when we put those together, we have rationalizations and we learn a lot. We know stuff from our rationalizations and then there is the more recent, um, empiricism, which is just the realm of science and scientific inquiry, where we, you know, make new connections with stuff, observe stuff and, and make, you know, language and definitions based on the connections of stuff that we put together. Um, We have theories about stuff, then we see if those theories work out. But empiricism is just the realm of science, just testing things to see what we can now know. And then the last category is the category of revelation. Revelation is also a category of us knowing stuff that we use on a daily basis. Rationalization, I'm sorry, revelation is in the realm of introductions and both formal and personal introductions are in the realm of relationships, and relationships are in the realm of love, and love is in the realm of family and various levels of commitments that we make. So when we are confronted with an introduction, we are confronted with a revelation of some sort, and we will respond eventually with some degree of love. Maybe it's just a a, an ounce and we discard it, or maybe it's a lot, you know, maybe that love is, is, uh, you know, put into a family, you know, kind of love, or maybe that love is put into just a commitment kind of love. But nonetheless, revelation is an important category that includes introductions that we use on a very regular basis. If it wasn't for introductions, it would be pretty hard to know anybody, if you know what I mean. Okay. So there is our basic categories of knowing stuff. And so let's ask the next question and that, and that is, what do we get with intuition and rationalization? Well, when it comes to the world in which we live, um, the, earth and possibly the heavens intuition and rationalization kicks in right away because it's, well, it's hard not to make conclusions about the place that we live and walk in. It's possible to just not think about it, but it's hard not to think about it. I think, and if we just take the very basic intuition that I think we all have and that is we didn't make the place intuitively, rationally, Both of those kick in to inform myself that I didn't make this place. That is clear. Also, my intuition and my rationalization kicks in to make it clear to me that nobody I've ever met has the credentials of being able to say they made the place either. And if it's not a they, well, nothing that I've seen seems to fit the category of the one who created this place, the heavens and the earth. So my intuitions and my rationalizations make me very aware that I'm in a place, but I'm in a place that I didn't make. And I'm also in a place where hmm, I am made. And I'm also in a place where I haven't met anybody. I haven't met anybody that has actually made the place. Um, So, you know, where does that take us as human beings? Well, it leaves us with kind of guessing. It kind of leaves us to, you know, going with the best information we could possibly come up with. And we've got to remember that the words of Genesis were written 3,500 years ago. 3,500 years ago, thereabouts, was when the words of Genesis were actually written down. Obviously, there's information that goes way beyond that, but 3,500 years ago, these words were written down. More on that later, But back when the Egyptians and the Phoenicians and the Babylonians were the big cultures of the day, call them the big nations of the day, whatever you want to call them, doesn't matter. When we look at those big cultures, their intuitions and their rationalizations had concluded that the idea of the gods making the heavens and the earth was well pretty widespread. We can't find any culture 3,500 years ago that didn't think of, of creation or, or how this place came to being without the gods being involved. And most of the time, the stories of the gods making this place went along—we'll just use the Babylonians for, exi- for example— the Babylonians felt like Marduk was their god. And Marduk, um, as a god, got into a big scrap with another god called Tiamat. And Tiamat, you know, when Marduk got into a scrap with Tiamat, cut her in half. And voila, voila, we have the earth, both land and sea. One half of Tiamat was the sea, and one half of Tiamat was the earth. Bam, So the intuitions and the rationalizations went along these lines for most cultures. Uh, I live in a Native American culture. I love listening to, you know, some of the the old, you know, ideas that, uh, you know, they had as people and, and their ideas are very similar to the ones that most, you know, people, if we go back, listen, we all go back to the Egyptians and the Phoenicians and the Babylonians at some point. Um, and we all go back to this, um, well, intuition and rationalization that the gods, you know, somehow, uh, got into scraps and fights. And well, the place that we live in is kind of the leftovers of what the gods had been doing. Now that may be, but there's just something that doesn't sit very well, if you ask me, in this intuition and this rationalization. Well, that leaves us with empiricism. What does empiricism have to say about creation and the place that we live in and, you know, the stuff around us, the heavens and the earth. Well, empiricism honestly has really never said anything or had anything to say because empiricism, quite frankly, is something that's relatively new within the last 200 years. And so the empiricists of the modern era do have something to say about the origins or the place that we live in, the heavens and the earth. And their conclusion is that there is a random big bang that put everything into play. I know it's more complicated than that, and I'm not even trying to make fun of it, but that's what the empiricists say. The empiricists who work with scientific information have concluded that there was a, just a random accidental big bang collision of particles and mass or whatever, and I know I'm not a scientist, so I sound stupid, but that's the beginning. That's how it all got started, and we're just a part of that, and there's nothing more or less to say, so they say. And again, I would say, well, maybe, but once again, there's just something that doesn't sit well with that. And the Bible itself understands that none of this should sit well with us. We should be clawing around for better words on the subject matter, something that sits well with us, something that's, you know, kind of easy to understand. And so God kicks in and says some revelation is needed here an introduction is needed here Uh, a revelation and an introduction that makes a relational connection that sits well with the human being and that is the object of Genesis chapter 1 and even this tiny little phrase here the object of in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth is to introduce to make a connection a relational connection that sits well with you. And so that introduction, that introduction is a gift. It's God's gift because it's pretty clear that we don't find anybody saying this simple thing. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. We don't find anybody saying that. Well, until the Bible gets written 3,500 years ago. And then at that point, there's only a very small group of people who are willing to say that everybody else is still going along with some of the old ideas, you know, that I just talked about. Marduk and whatever God got into a battle with another God. And, you know, whatever God died is the earth and the heavens as we know it. Okay, so God's introduction is this gift that God is giving us to actually bring some sense and order into our idea and understanding of the world and also our connection to him as the creator and us as the created thing. So, to borrow Jesus' phrase once again, you have to have ears to hear this, though. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 makes it clear that as human beings, we've actually been created quite differently than the rest of creation. Once again, confirming the fact that we already know we have been created, everybody knows we've been created. And Genesis chapter 1 verse 26 says males and females were both created in the image of God. So whatever it means to be male and whatever it means to be female, both of them created in the image of God, which it seems to me that the most important part of being made in the image of God is that we have the capacity to have ears that actually hear the introduction that is being made here. Let's be honest. You can tell the coyotes in the beginning, God made the heavens and the earth all you want, and they are going to remain unchanged. But there are human beings. When you say these words to human beings, some human beings like me at the age of 28 say, hey, I hear that. Maybe for the first time, maybe for the first time I got rid of my selective hearing disorder. So it points out um, the first chapter in Genesis points out that we are made to hear, baby. That's part of who we are. We are made to hear. And the information or the introduction that God gives us is extremely straightforward. It's it's void of anything really bizarre. Um, And it actually starts smelling like well, something that we want to smell. And that is it smells of purpose and it smells of meaning. As human beings, we are just jonesing for purpose and meaning. It makes me very sad to see the generation around me. I teach 13-year-olds on a, you know on a daily basis and I see in them a generation that is trying to live up to the idea of nihilism. They're trying to pretend like, it doesn't matter, nothing matters, that the world is purposeless, that it's meaningless. And that is the important part of God's introduction here, is that right out of the gate with a very simple phrase, we start smelling the winds of purpose and meaning. Well, okay, but it gets even better than that. Because when it comes to introductions, when it comes to revelations, Clearly, this one liner is a pretty formal introduction where God just reveals his own credentials. But in that, we learn a lot. But it gets better than that because the rest of Genesis and into the book of Exodus, which is the second book, and again, Moses writes that book. In fact, Moses writes the first five books of the Bible. The Bible's not even hiding that fact. Genesis has material in it that Well, it came way before Moses, but Moses is the writer. And there's a good reason why Moses wrote that down the way he wrote it down. And we'll get to that in a moment. But when it comes to introductions, we would like to see God, I think, we would all like to see God introducing himself on a more personal basis. Because, you know, after all, personal introductions are in the realm of relationship, good relationship and relationship is in the realm of love and love is in the realm of family and commitment. So I think we want to see that the introduction gets a lot more personal and bam, that's exactly what we get. Second chapter of Genesis, we have Adam and Eve and Adam and Eve represents humanity and humanity through Adam and Eve, get a very personal introduction. God walks with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day in the garden. Seems like he talks with them, walks with them, sees them on a very regular basis, and they him as well. And so it seems as though humanity gets the personal treatment very clearly here. And that is, that's exactly what I want to see. And I think that's exactly what human beings should want to see, is that God is not impersonal but God is very personal and actually if we start thinking about it being made in the image of God now starts taking on the shape of what it means to be in the image of God is personal and it's personal between him and us okay so Adam and Eve do get the personal introduction and that's cool and Adam and Eve does represent the stuff that we all get which is that personal introduction that personal relationship that leads to love and commitment um, but we also see in adam and eve that we get something else and that is their selective hearing disorder which i think is why jesus loves that phrase you know for those of you who have ears to hear because humans have embedded in them and being made in the image of god the ability to somehow turn god out and turn god off and we see that well God's going to have to overcome that selective memory disorder of ours, and that's exactly what's going on in that opening line of Genesis as well. Well, then, you know, in Genesis, we are introduced to two more characters, Abraham and Sarah, and they too get the personal introduction. They too get the personal treatment. In fact, the the largest chunk of Genesis is all about Abraham and Sarah, and and they certainly have such a personal, ongoing relationship with God that if you're as old as I am, you remember a TV show called The Courtship of Eddie's Father. And every time I read the story of Abraham, I I just get this, you know, courtship of Eddie's father theme song rolling through my mind. And that theme song goes like this. People let me tell you about my best friend. He's a warm hearted person who will love me to the end. People let me tell you about my best friend. He's a one boy cuddly toy. My up, my down, my pride and joy. You know, something like that. Okay, sorry for the song, Uh, but I like to sing. The the storyline of Abraham, which... We have to, you know, read Genesis chapter 12, verse three, and clearly hear that God plans to reverse the selective hearing disorders that people on earth seem to have. But we see in this, you know, relationship, a very personal, loving relationship. Abraham and Sarah make so many blunders, but God is, is very tender um he seems to be their 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 cuddly one um you know the, the he's there with them through the ups and the downs he does not demand perfection out of them but it's very clear that they Abraham and Sarah throughout the course of their life they develop a very personal uh relational love-based relationship with God they trust God and that my friends that my friends was the whole point of the introduction to begin with. It was the point of the introduction that God made to Adam and Eve. It was the point that God made in the introduction to you know, Abraham and Sarah. And then if we flip into the storyline of Moses, which is in the next book, this is where we meet Moses as that little boy that was put into the reed and floated down the river and picked up by the Pharaoh, that, that story. And we catch up with Moses at a weird time in his life, where God calls Moses out of that, you know, burning bush. We all know this. Moses, Moses, Moses says, well, here I am. It's very personal stuff. And so God gives Moses, the personal treatment as well. And, and the Lord says to Moses, this little storyline just cracks me up. He says, I'm going to send you to Pharaoh to bring the people out, uh, and the children of Israel out of Egypt. And of course, we know that Moses says, well, who am I to go and talk to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? And God says, well, I'll be with you. Very personal stuff. God assures Moses, I'll be with you. I like that. So the introduction that Moses gets is extremely personal as well. And then Moses said to God, well, if I come to the people of Israel and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, what's his name? What shall I say to them? God says to Moses, I am who I am. He he goes on to say a lot more, but what I want us to, to see very clearly here is that Moses, Moses being called by God, has the audacity to ask God, hey, who are you again, and who should I tell them you are? And don't forget, Moses writes the book of Genesis. To understand the book of Genesis properly, you always have to be thinking to yourself, Moses wrote this book. And Moses wrote this book 3,500 years ago to cultures like the Babylonians, the Egyptians, the Phoenicians, you know, the Canaanites, Hittites, all of those cultures. And The striking, the striking bit of information that Moses knows that people need is an introduction from God. A clear, simple explanation as to who God is. And so Genesis chapter one, verse one, in the beginning, God made. The heavens and the earth. It is the essential information that Israel needs to know. It's the essential information that we need to know. Israel needs to know that the world of gods, you know, slaying each other and you know, all that weirdness in Marduk and Tiamat, it's not a real thing. But what is a real thing is that there is one God who made the heavens and the earth. And this one God is actually introducing himself to the world, to the world who seems to have a selective hearing disorder, but to this world, God will continue his great plan of making his introduction. And so it is without a doubt God's gift to introduce himself to us. For those of us who have ears to hear, we do understand that this is nothing short of a great gift to know that God has introduced himself and to know that the world that we live in is created by God. The heavens and the earth, as far as our imaginations will allow us to go, have been created by God. And to those who have ears to hear, it comes as pretty, pretty, pretty sweet information, a sweet introduction A sweet introduction that lends itself to the realm of personal relationship, especially when we read that all the storylines that come after God introducing himself in a formal way as creator, all those storylines involve God's desire for human beings to get rid of our selective hearing disorder and to engage with him. In a love relationship, a family love relationship, a, le- a relationship of loving commitment, we see that in, in Moses, we see that in Abraham, we see that in the characters, they are not perfect characters, they're not even good characters half the time, but they are characters that put their love and trust in God and his introduction, that's that is a gift we need in this season of inflationary human nonsense, we need to get straight to the chase. God's gift of his introduction to us. Let's have ears to hear as Jesus called us to hear those words.